Welcome back to Let's Get Mary, the wedding and event podcast from brides who've been through it all and the founder of Mary, a day of coordination company. Hey, Sam. Hey, Mia. How's it going? It's going. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I know that we love our crafts. Should we tell everyone about our latest venture? I think we should. So we recently signed up for a wreath making class. So fun. It was fun. Um, I think we both wanted it to be like, so we knew how to make the actual wreath rather than like decorating it. Right. But I still enjoy a creative outlet. Like Mm -hmm. it was still a nice creative thing to do. Agreed. And so we did our flower arranging class with a local flower shop virtually. When was that? Like fall? Last fall. Was that fall 2020? It was... Yeah, yeah, because we did our first thing for around Thanksgiving. Oh, right. It was when we were potted together and we went upstate yes, together. Exactly. Um, right. Okay. So this was your first time doing Alice's Table, though. Correct. Yeah. It's fun. I like Alice's Table because it's virtual, of course, and you know, you're not on like a Zoom where you're having to talk. Yes. So I like the video comes up and they send all the flowers and I've had success with them a couple times now. I did it for my birthday this past year and then I did it for Mother's Day with my mom, which helped prep my mom and I for wedding flower arranging. Nice. Um, so yeah, I liked it. it. It was fun and it's also just like so fun to get something live in the mail yes. and to have, I always love when a craft is going to like live on. There's a purpose with yes, the craft, right? I agree. We'll have to do a flower arranging one for sure. Yeah. So fun. Definitely fun though. And I like, I like the overall concept of Alice's table. Yeah. They like started, I remember hearing about them on Shark Tank and now they have charcuterie. Yeah. And they're doing drinks, she said. I really think you should work for them. Oh my gosh. I would love to. (laughs) Alice's table hit us up. Yep. Alice, Sam was ready for you. Here. They're cool though because they can actually do like private events and like you can do your bridal shower oh, oh, as a flower arranging cool. class. You can do this on a batch. Um, and yeah, you it's like I think it's just if you have like a certain number of people, they can do a private event for you. I love that. So definitely fun, definitely something to look into. Fun activity. Alrighty. So before we get into it, Sam, what are we drinking today? So I realize that most of the time we don't have vodka drinks. Right. Because I mean, it's not our favorite to drink, yeah, but it's not. I think we recognize that it's not all about us and people do enjoy vodka. So I've made an apple cranberry Moscow mule. So it is four ounces vodka, half a cup of cranberry juice, half a cup of sparkling apple juice, um, one cup ginger beer, and then topped with fresh cranberries and sliced apples. Love it. I must ask, when you make drinks these days... Do you measure them out? Like, do you get something to do half a cup or do you just eyeball and like, you know, you're that good? I eyeball it. It's counting okay. too. So like when I used to bartend, you would never like um, jigger per se, like measure it all out. Okay. Those like little things. It was counts. So like I knew like a four count was like X amount of ounces or however it was. So like you would just count um, the bottle and like pour it up. Oh, um, like the amount of time the liquid exactly. coming out. But okay. I just, I mean, I just eye it. Got it. So I'm not there yet. No, but that's okay. <laughs> You'll get there. I love that. And so the fresh cranberries, do you, I know you can do a couple different things. What do you prefer to do? Do you just kind of sprinkle them on top? Do you mash them into this ever? So you would sprinkle them on top. What I've done is I actually freeze them. So it acts mm. as ice cubes. Oh, that's smart. Then it doesn't yeah. water down your drink. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yes. 
Okay. All right. So episode 10. 10. So this episode is all about designing your ceremony. I often hear, we often hear that couples are nervous about creating their ceremony. They don't know where to start, especially if it's not in a church or with a religious figure that is going to have guidelines and kind of rules set in place for what their wedding ceremonies that they help manage have in them. So this is all where to start when is that designing your ceremony? What do you have to include? How do I make it longer than three minutes? What traditions can I leave behind? And what are ideas for making it a really enjoyable moment right. to kick off your wedding? And we, we are here to provide ideas and empower you to create a memorable ceremony that is the perfect length. Okay, so let's dive in. So neither of us had technically religious ceremonies, That's um, but both of our officiants um, were universal... Uh, was it? Both of our officiants were universal life church officiated. So Correct. it's technically religious. Correct. So on the marriage license, um, it's you can actually categorize it as a religious ceremony. Right. So it's interesting because you, you, you wouldn't think of it as that. Right. But because but they're being is. ordained through yeah. wherever they got ordained, it is still... A yeah. religious kind of exactly and i'm a big fan of universal life church they make it very easy their customer service is great um yeah i think it's a great way to go and so my ceremony was in a non-denominational chapel it still was a church there was a large crucifix on yep. the wall manhattanville has this thing where you can draw the curtain in front of the crucifix we just have it open it's a beautiful wall um but my but my ceremony was not technically religious Correct. and yours was the same way right right yeah and Sam got married on this beautiful stretch of green property above Red Maple Vineyard. Um, and so essentially we both had free reign right. of what we could do. Um, so, yeah. And so this is something else that I also borrowed from Sam's inspiration of we both had our moms officiate. Yeah. I think when you don't have a traditional wedding or a religious, not, not that I don't want to say traditional, when you don't have a religious wedding and you have more like you have more leeway with what you want to do adding in people like who's going to officiate your wedding and making it somebody that is so important to you um whether it's a parent whether it's a friend whether it's whoever um just kind of makes it this it just makes it more special at least in my opinion like mm -hmm. it just kind of adds something to the the ceremony mm -hmm. um and I think we were both fortunate enough where we, like you said, had our moms do it. But I think when you don't have a religious piece, you're able to do a little bit more mm -hmm. with, you know, what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I heard someone was saying, I forget where this was. They were saying, oh, I don't love ceremonies. Like it's the boring start to the wedding day. Like everyone just wants to like eat and drink and have fun. And like, yeah, that's fun. No one loves a dance floor more than Sam and I. But I hate the idea that people look at the ceremony as something that's that is boring. Like it's not. No, it doesn't have to be. And it's also like literally why you're there. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so like they should be entertaining. They should be personal, right. and right. they should set the entire vibe of the day. One of the biggest compliments that I have like put in my back pocket after our wedding was one of our friends saying like your ceremony was about the two of you. Yes. And that's exactly what we were trying to achieve. And like, that's how I felt watching yours. And, you know, I, I, it makes this, this beginning of the day feel really special. Yeah, absolutely. Too. It sets the tone. Exactly. 
And even as far as like choosing the music that you want, like we talked about in the last episode of, um, you know, doing the music that you want, whether that is a religious ceremony and Mm -hmm. it's a special hymn that means a lot to you or your family, like not just like being susceptible to decision fatigue and going, okay, someone else just choose it. Like make it important to you. Make every element special. Okay. So where did you start with planning your ceremony? So, you know, Joel and I are, are not, um, religious people. Um, so we knew again, like we said, we wanted a very non-traditional, you know, non-religious ceremony. Um, but the question always kind of comes up like, okay, how do you make that less than two minutes? Cause the actual I do's are, are very short. Right. Um, but you still want to make it something, you know, obviously people are coming to it. So I think, you know, it was deciding those special little moments that we could make that would make it personable. Um, we had Joel's cousin make a, he did a reading. We had my stepdad, Bernard, do a reading. Um, and then finally, you know, we had our, my mom um, do like the actual marriage mm-hmm. itself. And I think, I think it could be very overthought or it can just be very easy. And we didn't want anything over the top by any means. We mm-hmm. just wanted it to be special. We wanted it to be relatively quick. You know, we didn't want to be there for hours per mm-hmm. se. And if you do, that's great. Right. But that just wasn't us. Mm-hmm. So we played great music. We linked up with our DJ. I was there. I served, um, it was cold out. So there was warm, there was blankets that you helped put right. out. Um, and they believe that there was like cider for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had horse, like a horse oh, lead yeah. in guests, which was kind of cool. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it was like all those little touches, but other than mm-hmm. that, like that was, that was really the extent of the ceremony. Unless I'm forgetting something. I mean, you were, you helped too. So I'm trying to think (laughs) if I'm forgetting anything, it's been a little bit, but no, I love that. That's true. And you know, I think I was thinking very narrow, narrow minded is not the right phrase, but just very specific into like, actually what your mom said while you standing up there, but it's true. But the bigger thing is you had this entire experience on this beautiful hill in the Hudson Valley of, like you said, the horse and then the apple cider and then your signage and like all of that was like a part of the experience. Yes. I think that's really important to think of from end to end. My mom too. And I believe I read at some point her like, no, she had, I mean, she had this beautiful speech and my mom is very well-spoken. She, you know, she just has, she speaks very well. Um, And she created this, Basically, like she said, if she could give a perfect pack, like a perfect marriage to Joel and I, gift it to us. This is what it would include. And just really beautiful, um, everything that she kind of put into it. So that was part of the her reading that mm-hmm. took a, a, few, a few minutes there. But it was, I think that just made it. And it also spoke to who my mom is, right? Mm-hmm. She's just such a genuine, lovely, like just amazing woman to mm-hmm. give these tokens of advice, you know, you know, head back to last season. It's called the marriage advice episode. Sam read several excerpts from her mom's reading, which was really, really special to, to listen to again. And I think that's a good piece to this of you might have an officiant or ask someone to speak and whether it's a, they're doing a reading in addition, but also having them speak in their own words. And, And we, and I had my mom do that too, of like, okay, mom, I don't know what you're going to say, but I need you to fill X minutes here. Right. And then I'm going to have all these other things that we like need to do. Right. But they're really 
technically isn't a lot that you need to do. If we want to get into that for a sec, you only really need to do technically the ending of That's correct. Yeah. well, I do's yeah because you have to like consent yeah, but it's that last part of I ne- um but the power vested me I now yeah. pronounce you yeah and and um. I have a note in my notes somewhere of that is actually the moment that you're married. Right. It is not when you get your marriage license. I feel like, I don't know about you. I see people post all the time that they like get their marriage license and it's like, it's official. And I'm like, it's, it's not. not. You're just licensed to wed. Yes. Yeah. You, you have not. Yeah. It's like your permit. Exactly. At the DMV. Which is, and you only have like what, 30 days within that time period. Maybe not yeah. even that to for, like to become actually right. married. I think it is 30 in Connecticut. Is it 30 in New York? I think so. Yeah. All that got a little scary that it, we were going to oh mess something up, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what you technically have to do is some of that ending yeah. legal stuff. But you don't need to do vows, no. actually. No, and, and Joel and I didn't do like we I mean we just did the traditional vows Mm -hmm. I loved your vows I thought they were so but I also think like Joel and I are not it just wasn't for us yeah it's not for everyone um and so we often not do but it was also really nice too because like because it was my mom and I don't know if you felt this way too she knew like okay let me like let me maybe enunciate something here for like, maybe Joel's going to like perhaps slip up on this. So like, let me go like enunciate here. Let me say this slower or whatever. So she knew how we were and we practiced with her and everything. So that was like really helpful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It is definitely important to practice the, the, if you're doing any repeating and I'm so glad we did that because also you like, I don't know how you felt, but I had to consciously go, Mia, pay attention right. for this repeating part. Because you know you're so overwhelmed. The lights are on you yeah. if you're inside or like, you know, it just, it, it can be a lot. So um, having that practice is good. And also with your officiant, you might realize like, okay, that sentence is too long for me to remember. Let's chop this in half. Right. So that's a good thing. But um, we can back up for a moment. So how much of your mom's plan for your ceremony did you know how much free reign did you give up to her I let her create her speech okay um so it was very much free reign for her in that regard great and then did you know that you wanted to do traditional vows did you know you wanted the I do's after like how did you figure that out yeah I mean I think honestly my mom did most of that research like it wasn't anything like I don't think it made such an impact for us. And we were also a little bit younger too at that point. So it's like now we see all these things and like maybe it would have been different now when we're a little bit mm-hmm. older, a little bit more comfortable with ourselves, whatever the case may be. Um, but we just, we kind of left that to my mom. Gotcha. No. And I think that's totally fine too. You know, whether she had officiated before or not, like if you want to, and that's right for you, having your officiant go and do some of that research can be very helpful Right. when you have decision fatigue and there's right. a lot going on. Um, so yeah, I, I like dug into the internet of, okay, okay. What are different things I can do? Which is also something that we're going to get into in just a moment here for you all. Like, what are my options? Right. Let's throw everything into a pile. And then Tony and I together, we're going to pick out the things that we wanted to do and, and what we wanted to leave behind. But it a little bit felt like, I don't even know what the ideas are. Yeah. And I think too, like, we've gone through this so many times in like various episodes, a lot of this, the traditions, you know, I'm using air quotes right now are kind of 
fluffy. Like they, you know, if it doesn't mean something to you, if you don't think that you need it or like, it's just not even in your realm of like knowing that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's really what you want. Yeah. That is, is, I think, our whole thing about all this. That's, like, the common theme of this entire podcast. The name of the podcast should be What You Want. Exactly. Let's get married. What you want. Um, Okay, cool. So I remember you being worried about yours being too short. Yeah. Did you, like, add anything in or, like, tell your mom that? Or is that what made you want to add speakers in? No. Well, I think think that was kind of – we originally – so there's a few people in our – party or like our families that weren't didn't have speeches at any point between like the wedding weekend or the actual wedding itself and we knew that we wanted to give them some kind of special moment Mm -hmm. I was I felt very strongly about everybody having special moments throughout the the whole experience Mm -hmm. and so we knew like on my side again my stepdad Bernard was going to be one to like speak something and then on Joel's side he really wanted his cousin Linus to say something so we knew with that that would be helpful um, with time but other than that like again it wasn't like like Joel and I didn't want to stand up there for a half hour right I think I think maybe it was 20 minutes when everything was said and done yeah and that's generous if anything it did not feel too short though right. I will tell you that yeah it did not feel too long it felt like the perfect amount yeah and things can feel too short right and if it's too short there's not enough time for photos and like true and I think also if, if it's too short then it's also like did the couple get a chance to stand up there and absorb that important moment of their day? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it didn't feel too short. Um, but you know, you reminded me of something. So his cousin was the third groomsman, right? Correct. And so his, the two other were, were his brothers who spoke during the reception, right? Yeah. And then your maid of honor spoke. Yes. And your two other bridesmaids, did they? So one bridesmaid did speak. Um, Carrie spoke at the reception and then my other bridesmaid spoke at our rehearsal dinner. Okay. You said this, I think, I don't know if it was on the podcast or in between seasons or something, but you were the one that made me realize, oh, let's choose from the rest of our bridesmaid and groomsmen who don't have a role on the day to speak at the rehearsal dinner. That was totally you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really an important thing that we had done. And like their speeches were really special and amazing. Um, and I love that idea of giving people roles. And I think to speak to, you know, if there is an important step parent in your life, you know, right. like you danced with Bernard as well, which is awesome. And, and giving that spotlight to this important parental figure, even if it's not like just mom or dad or right. something like that. Um, is a really important moment, which reminds me, we have a family episode in, in episode one, you know, if you have a non-traditional family or if you have uh, more than just two parental figures that you really care about, how to work them into your day in an in a important and specific way. Um, we shared some good ideas back there. Um, but yeah, I think you guys did a really great job of showcasing all of your people. Thanks. Yeah, no, I felt very strongly, like I said, about if, if somebody wanted to be included in it, they were in our party for a reason and I wanted them to feel like they were a part of the day, regardless of when it actually took place of like their moment to, mm-hmm. to shine. For, yeah. You know, did you pick their readings? Um, no, I did not. They actually sent them to us. Like oh. here's our options. Cool. I, we might have helped Linus with his just cause you know, I think the language barrier as well. Um, <laughs> so I think we helped with that, but Bernard did pick his own. I love that. Yeah. I've been digging in to try to find readings and I was having a lot of trouble of like, 
okay, I like this, but it's too short, or yeah. this is way too cheesy, or this is way too religious, or this is, you know, like I had a hard time finding things. Um, but I think, you know, if I had dug more and more, I probably would have found something. Right. Um, and there's like poems and like my mom found something great that she ended up using. But I, I remember that being a struggle of mine, like while putting this together in 2020. Um, but yeah, I just, just could, probably could have dug on the internet a bit more, but it didn't, it didn't work out in that way. We didn't have a reading per se anyways. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. Okay, so let's get into some take or leave ideas. You know, take some of these, leave some of these. Maybe some of these will inspire you to um, come up with something else that you can add to your ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, so we will start with simply the procession. So, and it's very important to have a perspective of this. You might not, at the moment of listening to this, um, have an idea of what you're going to do, but especially as you barrel towards your wedding day, having that decision is important to know, especially walking into re your rehearsal and, and making these decisions in the moment might mean that you are not making the decision you actually want. Yeah. So, you know, have an idea of this. How is, you know, if this, if we're talking bride and groom, how is the groom going to walk in? If, if there's two women or two men, you know, how is the first of the couple going to walk in? You know, is that first person going to walk in with their parents at the beginning of the ceremony? Are they going to walk in back to back if it's two women or something like that? Um, so I know we mentioned that um, at our wedding, the groom walked in with the rest of the groomsmen um, and didn't walk down the aisle with parents. But we toyed with Tony walking in from the side or walking down the aisle in a traditional procession. But he actually came up from a side door with all of his guys, shook hands, took a couple minutes to do that, and then went up to the altar. So there's options. Yeah. And, and like I said in that episode, I loved how you and Tony like opted to do that the way that he, they, everybody kind of came and was shaking hands and greeting everybody. It just felt very much like you were a part of it. And, and it also felt a little bit more not relaxed. That's not the word, but like not as like down to earth, down to earth. Right. Exactly. Um, where like there's kind of these like ways of other ways that it can be done where it's, it just feels a little different, mm -hmm. which if that works great. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, especially when it comes to straight couples that we work with, overwhelmingly, most of the time we do work with the bride, you know, but whenever I ask, oh, how is your groom going to be walking in? That time and time again, they'll turn to someone either on the call, yell to them in the other room, like, or ask them later on. And I say that grooms have a perspective with this and they yeah. have an opinion. So even if you're barreling toward and making your planning and, and you're kind of the one leading the wedding planning, which is like no judgment, like it's different for every couple, stop and ask what, what they want to do because they might have an idea. And, you know, Tony had a very strong perspective. I know mm -hmm. Tony's not your typical groom. He's been wedding planning with me for years, but he had a strong opinion and I see that happen a lot. So I think pausing to also ask your, your future spouse's opinion on things that is specifically concerning them and how they're imagining it because they might have a have a vision in their head of what they're going to do yeah okay efficient urging a moment to turn and absorb the day i love this i think your mom did such an amazing job of just look around right and i remember like that whole thing and i that to me is just like take a moment up there and like and we talk about moments throughout the day all the time but I think that that is so strong to do um, for everybody. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, I was chatting with a friend this past weekend who um, she got married in a church and the priest actually stood on the front side, but he was down a couple steps. Okay. But he was facing them. And so her and her husband got to stand at the altar facing out because he was down in front. Oh. And she she said that during, I think it was the rehearsal, she was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And she was like, it was the best because I got sure. to actually face everyone. And I was like, oh, I loved it as a coordinator perspective in the audience because I got to see your face right. too. Right. So it, it is important to think about those different things. So if you have something like steps or if it is a religious um, ceremony, like, I mean, this was a Catholic church, like he, this, this person did that. So, you know, there could be options, you know, yeah, bring it up. Even if, even if there is a religious aspect to your wedding, like, yeah, there could be options. Okay. Having other speakers for readings and stories, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, songs. Exactly. Someone could sing. Um, okay. A unity candle or sand. There's a lot of unity ideas yeah. that you can do. Um, you know, searching the internet, people have a bunch of different ideas, candles, you know, I've seen moms come up and light candles and like the candle leads to another candle. And, you know, there's different things you can do and people can sing during that too. Right. Um, call and respond. We do. I like this because it's like everybody there is able to like participate in, mm -hmm. in, um, the services. I think it wakes everyone up. Yeah, I too. Do. yeah. we do, yeah. you know, having, having your officiants say things. It also, takes away the awkward, like, archaic. Yes. Sorry, anybody, I don't mean to judge. I said, yeah. I said my New Year's resolution is not to judge. But the whole, like, does anyone object to this yes. moment? It's the opposite. Is Everyone Everybody supports this, supports right? It. And you're yelling, we do. Yeah. Okay. An in-memoriam section. Um, we did that, and it was really special to, not just in the program, but for me to like take that moment to think specifically of every single one of my grandparents, think of all of these important people that weren't there in person that day. Um, looking up cultural traditions that you can infuse in the ceremony. Yeah. So at um, a wedding we did a couple of years ago, there was an Irish ring warming uh, tradition where the rings were brought down by, I think it was the little ring bearer, and then he passed it to someone. And then the front two rows of families, like each held the rings in their hand, and then it passed, and the next person held it, wow, and then the next person that's held lovely. it. And I believe it is an Irish tradition. So, you know, there's all these different things. And I continuously looked up like Italian and Polish mm -hmm. traditions for myself. So, you know, even if your family hasn't historically done that as your cultural tradition, look up different ideas and, and, you know, however you identify and like all of that, there's, there's so much on the internet. Personal vows. Yes. And traditional vows. And you can do both if you want. Yeah. Okay. So we hope there's a bunch of different ideas there. Um, and so Sam, you kind of brought us through like the structure of your ceremony. Could you kind of back us up? Did your mom speak first? Did the reader start? Like yeah. what was the course of the whole thing? Absolutely. So the way that it worked is, um, you know, everybody came in and then Linus did the, my mom kind of like ran things along, you know, like, you know, introducing people and everything like that. Um, kind of like the MC of, of the ceremony, I suppose. Um, but then Linus did his reading and then Bernard did his reading and then my mom spoke and then we did our rings and she facilitated her, like our traditional vows with the I do's. And then we did the recession 
out um, to the field. That's great. Yeah. I think it flowed very well. Um, I liked having your DJ there to actually facilitate the yes. music, you know. Um, gosh, I just, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking to the choir. I just it feel like I could, was there yesterday. It's very present memory in my yeah. mind. Which, you know, it it means a lot because, like, we have seen a lot of ceremonies and been to a lot yeah, of weddings. Yeah, no, I love that. So. Thank you. Um, okay, so our wedding, we, like I said, I couldn't really find readings and I was feeling a little bit, like, just not in love with some of the things I was finding online. So instead, we, um, I knew I wanted my mom to officiate, but I didn't want it to be my side of the family show, you know? So we wanted to give it half up to, you know, Tony's side of the family and acknowledgement and his uncle Matt is very important to him. So he was master of ceremonies essentially. Mm -hmm. And so uncle Matt was basically given a certain time frame and he wrote a speech and there were parts that he created and parts that we knew what he, we wanted him to say. And, you know, right when we got engaged, um, we were like walking down the mountain from getting engaged and we were talking about like how that day is, um, a total like metaphor for marriage and like a relationship and life. And mm -hmm. so we came up with this idea that we actually had him speak about two years ago when we got engaged. That was really important for us to include. And then our good pal, Tom, to know him as to love him, uh, came up and told the story of us. He was the only person in the room that was there when we met and, and we got married at our college. Like most people know, and we went to college with Tom and um, he had some funny jokes and funny stories and really, I think, brought like lighthearted moments to a ceremony yeah. to, again, show that it, this was not traditional. This was down to earth and there were right. casual moments to our ceremony. Um, and then um, they both spoke from a podium on the side and then Tony and I did our personal vows together. So that meant that Tony and I were basically alone up on the altar, mm -hmm. um, which was nice. And then my mom came up and did her speech. Um, and then she did an in memoriam section, asked for the rings. She facilitated the traditional vows. We did the we do's, um, and then the I do's. And then like Sam had mentioned, I really think it's important to think end to end, you know, what happens when your guests arrives arrive and what happens at the end. So, you know, don't just think, okay, procession happens. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, having something like we were able to do at Manhattanville where we came out the doors and oh. like had another moment. Yeah. It really, it felt magical and felt like a celebrity on our end of things. So, you know, seeing what your venue can do, asking what people have done before, I think mm -hmm. is a really important question. I see couples ask, um, you know, sometimes people do bubbles, sometimes people right. do rice. Um, and like there's biodegradable things that people do. Cause I think a lot of venues don't allow rice these days, but like bubbles are easy. You know, you yeah. can do something like that. Um, or, you know, you can just kind of have everyone set up to do something. Um, when you like, and, and your ceremony, like there's, there's things to like look up and ideas that you can definitely come up with to kind of put a nice button on the end of, of the ceremony. But the only last thing that I want to say is something that I try to make sure I tell all of our couples. If I hear anyone is, you know, getting married or, or is officiating a wedding, this is like my number one tip. And I think Gia from Frame Your Love Photography would give me a big shout out because I was on my last call with him before our wedding. And he said, I just want to tell you to tell your officiant. And I said, stop right there. I think I know what you're going to say. This yeah. is my favorite tip ever. So your photographer will love you for this make sure that your officiant steps away before the kiss. They should take a step to the side and then say, you may now kiss. Yeah. Because even if you say you may now kiss and then they step to the side, they still could be kind of behind yeah. you in that photo. Um, so that's really important. And also in the same vein, 
your ending should really be the kiss. You know, there, there legally does not have to be a reason to speak after the kiss. You know, right. you can do all of that legal jargon, jargon, uh, now power vested me introduce it for the first time. Anything you want to say there can happen. And then you may now kiss the kiss happens and that and should be your end. music cue. Yeah. I do have to say something that we have struggled with in our weddings is, especially when it's a small ceremony, there are oftentimes that the musician cannot even see where your coordinator is standing. You know, like there have been a lot of um, venues that are on the smaller side. And so even though clearly it seems like that would be your cue, right. I have seen musicians bop their head around trying to see me because guests are clapping or standing up at that point and they can't see me. So they're not thinking that that is your cue. Your kiss should always be your cue and it should be extremely clear for your musicians. So you should, or musicians or DJ or whomever is hitting play yeah. on music because nothing is better than that kiss and the beat of that recession song happening. I'm like gesticulating as if you guys can see me and Sam's looking at me like I'm a crazy person. No, it's perfect. But it's a really, really important moment and it can feel extremely disjointed if people cheer during the kiss and then it's like, oh, uh, pause for the legal jargon again and oh, okay. Yeah. And now we're back to the recession. Yeah, like, I'm it with just, you. That yeah, makes it, sense. It's all a part of what we chatted about in the music episode of like bring people up and then they're up and then they're cheering and then we're good and now we're going to go to cocktails. Yep. So it's all part of it. But um, what I wanted to end on though is that I happened on this book called Best Ceremony Ever by Christopher Shelley. And um, I, I'm not saying that I, I know everything about this by any means, but I have to say when I read this, it really reinforced all of my ideas of making your ceremony unique and making it interesting and kicking off that day in a really interesting way. He's an officiant for weddings and wrote this book about all the different decisions you can make. And um, so, you know, even if you like make some notes and like page fold it, um, like fold some corners to like have some ideas of things. It's available on Amazon. Um, it was a really, really interesting book to read. Um, and he even does this cute thing where next to some paragraphs, it's a picture of like, I think it's like an older, older lady. And then, and so he kind of signifies it like, okay, grandma might not love this, but like, this is a really fun idea. So he'll kind of rank the like non-traditional okay. aspect oh, of that's things. very cool. He'll, he'll reinforce the idea and empower people to, you know, think about your ceremony scene. Can we sit in the round? You know, um, can we have a choir sing at one point? You know, he'll, he'll just really kind of get you thinking outside the box. And it, it, it reinforced all of my opinions on wedding ceremonies of like what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, so I had a lot of fun reading that book and I really would recommend it to anyone who is wanting to, um, think about what they want to do for their ceremony and might not want to be traditional or, or have traditional elements, but then also, you know, just make this interesting. And, um, what I see a lot is people tend to think, okay, well, I've seen it done five times this way. So I'm not even going to think about another way to do this. And that's fine. You're right. No judgment. Right. Um, but, uh, I think this is a great, a great book to read, you know, as, as your wedding planning to kind of bring you back to, um, these different things that you can do. Awesome. So what's going on with Mary? Okay, so I wanted to take a minute at the end of this episode to talk about my veil restoration process. Oh, very cool. Did I tell you much of this? You told me that you were like doing it, and, and but I don't think okay. you got into like a lot of detail with it. Yeah, I really kept it quiet. Um, you know, I didn't even know if I wanted a veil, um, but my this veil went with my mom's wedding dress. And so my grandparents who've 
passed away, they purchased it. And they purchased it in the same area of where I got married. So my mom grew up. And so it felt really important to me of this special element of like, uh, my grandparents were there like mm -hmm. through this veil. Um, and so, but the veil was super yellowed and it was the brand Priscilla of Boston, which was Grace Kelly's wedding dress brand and has since um, gone under. And it originally was on this like crazy headband thing. And the lace was all on the front. And then it went down to be sheer and have no lace on the rest of it. So we very carefully removed it from this like standing headband piece and flipped it around. And the lace was just perfectly set up to have the veil go the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so I had been on a virtual bridal dress appointment, which I said that sentence to this very lovely girl that I met over the weekend. Um, and she said, virtual bridal dress appointment. I was like, yes, I planned my wedding during COVID. That's what I had to look forward to. Life was hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I was on the phone with Beholden and I, I think I ended the call with saying, do you know anyone that could restore a veil for me? And, and, you know, this, I happen to be connected to Beholden of Boston. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And she's in Orange, Connecticut. And I was like, that's actually not very far from us. And so she is the premier Priscilla of Boston gown restorer, it, like, of the Northeast. And wow. she's an art historian. And her house is like a museum of wedding dresses. And I showed up and I had my mom's veil in the box. And um, it was very, very yellowed. And I brought her a swatch of my dress, which was pretty bright white, not as bright as I could have gone. Um, but she she showed me her process and it was really, really uh, cool. And then uh, like maybe two months, three months, I went back and, and it was perfectly matched. Oh. And she put the comb on one end and like reinforced it and showed me how it would work. And, you know, there were like some really like funny happenstance of I'm driving my way there like some songs that I was excited to dance at the wedding like came on so really nice also happened in a moment of uh is this wedding gonna happen or not so it kept giving me kind of these signs of like it's gonna be okay yeah you're gonna be wearing this veil in a couple months and it's all gonna go well um but it but it was a really cool process to go through um and and what's neat was she said if this becomes too white when you get it back we can always dye it further with tea bags. And so that's part of her process too. Interesting. Yeah. And so, but it was really cool. Like she had dresses from the 1600s that she oh restored gosh. and like a lot of like, um, baby christening gowns. Right. And she had, she had these like old Priscilla of Boston dresses on mannequins. And it was just like this really cool process. So I loved doing that. If anyone would like her contact info, we actually have um, a bit of a partnership with her now. I'm going to be adding that info to my website, but please reach out. Her um, her company name is Orange Restoration Labs in Orange, Connecticut, um, but it's hopefully a little bit centrally located for the people that listen to this. And it was just a really, really cool process. And and I don't know if a lot of people knew that that's what my veil was, but I would say that like pretty much everything in our wedding was rooted in something special, and it wasn't um, wasn't just like a decision we made willy-nilly. I don't know why that's a word I'm going to use. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really cool process and it made it special. Um, and yeah, I hope that, um, other future family members will wear it too. Cause it just, it felt really fun to wear. And I have 1 million wedding photos in that. I love it. Now. it was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that this inspired you and empowered you to design the ceremony that you want, um, to think outside the box if that's where you want to think, to have some ideas and to help um, make your ceremony more than five minutes long. If you wanted more than five minutes long, um, we are here to help. You know, if you have ideas of things that you did that we didn't mention, please DM us. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for getting married with us. Have a good one. Bye.